0: Hi everyone, it's Charlie Webster here. Thanks so much for joining us for my Sporting Mind podcast, which is all about opening up conversations about mental health, both in life and sport. Season two is proudly supported by SportingLife.com, ahead of the rest with 160 years of sporting knowledge and integrity. Today we're heading back into the world of rugby and I'm really pleased to welcome the Exeter Chiefs co-captain, Joe Simmons, MBE no less, to the (laughs) podcast.
1: Thank you very much. Thanks for having me
0: little clap there for you. No, thanks so much for coming on. Um, le- le- because I just said the MBE, that's a new MBE, isn't it, Joe? So in the, in the recent New yeah, Year's honours list. Yeah. So how did that make you feel? Let's start Absolutely. there, right?
1: It's quite weird when you say it, really. Um, but no, it's um, obviously a massive honour for me and obviously my family as well at the time. Um, but I think come to me as a bit of a shock, really. I actually got the, the notification through an email um, a few months before and at the time I thought it was a bit of a joke from the queen so I actually well I, I, it was just a random email um and at the time I actually deleted it it wasn't before it was two weeks before the actual um coming out on on the telly and whatever whatever it was two weeks before that that I actually knew I had it so I would have known about three months before because I deleted the email
0: oh that's so um, it came good, to a bit of a
1: shock just before it came out so no it was good it was it's, it's really nice to have.
0: I love it how you deleted the Queen's email. I know, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it must have meant so much to you and your family because you've had such an incredible year. And I was actually just telling you about my, I won't babble on about it too much, about my slight weird connection to Exeter Chiefs because a late family member of mine, was a massive fan and she sadly passed away last year but she's a huge Exeter Chiefs fan and used to go to the games and everything and you led Exeter as co-captain to win both the Premiership and European Rugby Champions Cup. Looking back now how do you reflect on that because last year was also the broken season with Covid too and then you went and won those both things and you became a captain.
1: Yeah it's hard really for me to reflect because Obviously, it was brilliant to win those two competitions, but because it was such a short turnaround, it was two weeks we had off and we're straight into the next season. But looking back, it was, for us as a team, I think it was a brilliant time to, to win those competitions because it was such a challenging uh, challenging year. Um, and for us to kind of win that and give back to extra fans that, that are usually there week in, week out, um, cheering us on, um, was huge for us. And it, it actually came in... From the start of lockdown, us as a team kind of got onto phone calls and said that these games are going to be played. We are going to have these finals. So it was the work that we done throughout lockdown to to get us into the best shape possible to go and win those win those trophies. So um, yeah, it was just uh, making sure we we came together and really n- nailed down that that lockdown training, and then we came out on top for for doing that.
0: Did having that focus during that time help you personally?
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, it was a long time in lockdown, but for me personally, I played a lot of rugby before that. I was playing week in, week out, training hard, and it was nice just to sit back and kind of relax and and spend time with my girlfriend that was in the house at the time. Um, but it was nice just to sit back and kind of look at what you've done throughout the season. I think for me, kind of give me that edge and that drive to to want to become better when I next come out. Uh, at, come out to play and i think that was yeah huge for me having that time to relax and, and think about things because
0: I, I don't know whether it's annoying so i'm sorry if it is but you are 24 and you won all that at 20 <laughs> 23 and um, the reason why i say it's not annoying is because i don't want to sound patronizing anyway no. it's like more of the fact that you've achieved so much um so young What what's your thoughts on that is it oh my gosh like what's next or is it like oh my do you do you even think like that
1: yeah I do and I think for me it was I was in two prem finals previously and I think the feeling of losing those finals gave me the edge on wanting to achieve more because it was the worst feelings for me were losing those finals you work so hard throughout the year you finish top of the premiership and then Mm. you have to play a semi-final and final and it determines who who wins the league on that. So it was kind of the hurt from those previous finals pushed me to want to achieve more. And I think getting that double was huge. And a lot of people ask me, are you happy now you won these doubles? But nothing's changed for for me and my mindset. I want to go and achieve more. I don't want to be that that person or the team that achieves something so great in one year, but then doesn't achieve anything the next year. Um, I get a lot of questions about, how do you motivate the side? How do you motivate yourself? But for me, I'm motivated more because I felt how good it is to to win these trophies.
0: And like you said, you you felt that hurt, which I think is also significant. How do you cope with losing?
1: <sighs> it's hard. It's I from even now. I've never ever watched those finals back because I just hate the <laughs> well the thought of looking at what could have been. Uh, we had a great opportunity in the 2019 final to beat that Saracens team, but we just let let ourselves go. But I now I try not to think about it too much. Um, we know that we've got such a good squad. We know we're capable of winning anything. So I think for me, it's just making sure I'm, lo- I'm looking forward and and seeing what we can achieve.
0: You mentioned about motivation as well. Like, you know, you've won those things... Now and do you have a struggle for motivation? And where's your motivation come from?
1: I actually don't struggle for motivation. Obviously, it's tough. You put your body through quite a lot on a game day, and then you have usually the one day off and you're straight back into it on the Monday. That's probably the hardest thing is getting back on the Monday and then going again, making sure that not just me being a leader in the squad as well. I have to motivate myself, but I also have to get the team ready to go again. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably the hardest thing for me. But playing-wise, I love playing. I love going out there. That's why I play this sport, because I enjoy putting on the show and I enjoy going out there and, and playing for the, for the team. So, yeah, motivation is pretty easy for me.
0: I want to pick up on your captaincy in a minute and the fact that you know, you've you got to motivate others as well. But just on the fact that it is rugby is brutal, and I spoke to many players who our past you know former players or towards the end of their career also how much does it take out of you mentally and emotionally and it is week in and week out
1: I think I'm quite lucky being a number 10 I kind of stay away from the the contact work Um, but I see what to be fair my brother and and a lot of the forwards go through they go through a hell of a lot um, physically and mentally because it is a hard test to get yourself to that ability to to want to carry into big blokes want to tackle big people um and it does take a take a lot out of you but I think the thing we do so well at Exeter is it comes from the top the coaches do drive it really well motivate us really well and I think that's kind of where it comes from first is coaches do a great job and then us as leaders have to push it push it then
0: so you as a leader you share the captaincy it's like a co-captaincy with Jack Jack (laughs) Yendall so how does that work how would you co-captain?
1: Well, Jack Yendall is, is the club captain. And when he's not involved, either if he's on the bench or not involved, I, I, I usually captain the side. But it's quite easy, really. We have a good relationship between each other. We know what both of us have to do to, to get the side going.
0: What do and you have to do to get the side
1: going? For me, when I got told captain, it was actually only about a year ago before the Glasgow away game was my first captaincy. And at the time... I really did not want to be captain. I've never really just been captain. like an
0: added, added pressure.
1: Yeah, um, I was 23. And I didn't think at the time that I deserved to be captain. Like, Why me? They have so many other international players in the squad. Um, why me? But at the time, I probably just overthink things too much. And I wanted to be a different captain. I didn't want to be a captain that was constantly talking, constantly had a voice. For me, it was kind of to let my actions do the talking and kind of motivate through what I do on the field. But now I I love every minute of it, to be fair. It's really easy. My job doesn't change as a 10. You do a lot of the talking, you do most of the stuff anyway. Um, But I think when I first got named, I just worried about it too much.
0: Mm. What, do you think now, do you think you deserve the captaincy? You know, it's interesting. You said you were like, Well, why mind me? Do I deserve it? Like, and I think it's a lot of people relate to those things because a lot of people question, I think, when something like that, it's like, you know, when the MBE arrived and yeah. you got the email and you're like, oh, hang <laughs> on a second, is that for me? Have yeah. I done enough? You know? <laughs>
1: um, I'm not really sure. I don't, I really don't know if I'll ever think myself that I deserve it. I just have to. Make sure when I do have the captaincy that I lead from my actions because that's what I say I want to do. Wow. I have to make sure that I'm I'm leading by example, really. But I think I I don't think I'll ever deserve it, really. I just when I when I have the the chance of captaincy, I will try right. to do my job.
0: Why is that? Is that do you have like a little bit of like um, I think a lot, everybody does, to be honest, that self doubt yeah. sometimes.
1: I think so. Yeah, I just. I've never really, maybe captained a school team, but I've never captained any other team. So I didn't really know what came with it, um, if I'm honest with you. And being, growing up through the academy and, and being a young player, not quite in the squad, you kind of see the hard work that Jack Yendo has done as captain. It is hard work. It's not just, you don't just get the, the name on the pitch. You have to do all this hard work off the pitch as well. And that kind of scared me a little bit. <laughs> Because I'm a guy that kind of just likes to go by his business, a uh, relaxed person, and it's not really what I wanted. But no, now uh, I'm happy to take it on. I think guys kind of respect me in a way of now being named captain. At the time, that's what I was worried about more than anything, is what what will the other boys think? Um, do they think I deserve it? But I think now, having such a good season, I think it's kind of shown a little bit.
0: What have you learned from it then?
1: Oh, I've learned.
0: Or about yourself?
1: Um, I think for myself that I, I can be a leader because definitely before I doubted myself, I was worried to talk up in meetings. And as a 10 as well, like I said before, you do take a lot of meetings. And I would worry days out of, of these meetings. I'd worry the day before about taking these meetings because I didn't think I really had much of a say because I was just that young guy coming through. But now having the opportunities to do it, um, yeah, I, I should never worry because I, I love, I love doing it. I love driving the team forward.
0: And um, we've spoke loads about leadership actually on this podcast, and it's interesting in people's different views. And I like your view of, you know, not necessarily talking a lot, but going out and leading by example and your actions. And um, you also briefly mentioned the coaching setup and how it's led from the top. So. Yeah. How big an influence has Rob Baxter been for you? Because he's very highly thought of as a coach in the world of rugby.
1: Yeah, I think he's been massive, not just for my development as a player and a leader, but I think for everyone involved. I think you kind of see it through his sign-ins. He doesn't just sign great players. We obviously have brilliant players now, but he signs people that he thinks are going to mould well into the team and, and bring that extra bit, not just on the field, but off the field as well and I think he kind of the way he carries himself around around the club is uh, you can kind of see the way he is as a leader boys respect him massively and I think that just comes down from the top and I think players want to play for for him because he does that
0: and and for you um, what I find quite interesting is from the stuff I've read and he said about you he always seems to massively support you and players which I think some managers don't always do that in the media and there was something recent Um, you you probably know what I'm going to say when it was yeah. against Northampton and there was kind of like conversation about a mistake you know maybe that you made yeah. and he he um actually I kind of got the pulled the quote out because he said you know the only advice I give him on Saturday is don't think you know is a, is about basically giving yourself a break from social media <laughs> don't worry about you know what anybody's saying and if you look at kind of the upward curve and he talks about the upward curve of your career and normally with young players he said you have got to be prepared to take a little bit of pain and we yeah. have taken relatively little pain uh, with him how does it help you the fact that you've got somebody there who backs you so much and I'd love to know your comments on when you make a mistake which is inevitable in sport and in life how you deal with that and your thoughts on social media about 10 questions in one there for you
1: (laughs) yeah I think obviously after making that mistake against Northampton which was completely my fault I should never move my feet um but he actually saw me straight after the game I was actually on my phone, looking at media so did stuff. Did you go
0: straight on social media? So I wasn't I talk, straight. It, you...
1: it wasn't straight on it. It was just after I Are showered up thing? and I just sat sat down for a little bit, just to have a bit of me time. Um, I did have a glance on the phone. He actually came in the changing room. And was like, Joe, get off social media. Just get off it for a weekend. It's not gonna not gonna change anything. And um, it obviously helped. I am actually well. I'm getting better now. I would say I'm quite a big worrier. Um, if I make mistakes, I worry about it for the whole weekend coming into Monday. And that's just kind of the, the person that I am. Um, and that that for me, worrying just gets you nowhere. You can't change what you've done. You can't change decision. It will only make things worse moving into the next week. So for me now, it's just, if I make mistakes, you're going to make mistakes. Like you said, all the time, everyone makes mistakes. You are not. I'm not that perfect player and I'll never be that perfect player. So it's just making sure that you just forget about things. But yeah, social media is is tough. One week you could be playing brilliantly and you're getting praises everywhere. Whereas mm-hmm. the next week, if you do one mistake, the media is straight onto it. Um, so it's a, it is a crazy thing, but it's just life. You just have to deal with it at the moment
0: yeah how do, how do you cope with it because a lot of young players they do I, I think a lot of people do now anyway because it's the modern age they look straight on social media and it's kind of part and parcel of it but how do you deal with it would you do you kind of like try and restrict yourself in that sense
1: yeah I do um, I do try and restrict myself uh, there is times where I'm like oh, do I just want to have a little look and <laughs> see what's happening but um yeah, it's, I've seen it for a few years now and I'm kind of used to it, so it doesn't really phase me. I know that things are always going to come out, um, good or bad things, so I just try and take it on board a little bit sometimes um, and just, just get on with life.
0: Sporting Life prides itself on being ahead of the rest by providing a rivaled analysis, opinion, debate and statistics for the sports you love. Follow Sporting Life for the best previews, stats and live horse racing and football score services. Visit sportinglife.com or download the free app for Apple and Android devices. Is there anything you particularly do to help your brain process? You said you're a worrier. Mm. Um and a lot of people are yeah, yeah um and a lot of sports people are because i think there's like an element of perfectionism and wanting to do everything right mm-hmm. uh, how, is there anything you particularly do to help you process that and not dwell on that mistake or is it still a work in progress
1: yeah I, I honestly to this day i'm still pretty bad at it um it's something that i think i can probably work on a little bit more but no i wouldn't say there's anything that I do differently I just yeah it just comes naturally to me I just deal with it how it is really at the time
0: Um, and Rob also said your coach he described you as an emotional person and an emotional player what I'd love to know what does he mean by that
1: Uh, he's never really spoken to me too much about that but I feel personally like throughout the week I said I'm not really that much that talkative I kind of try and step out of the way a little bit and let other people talk um but as soon as I get onto the pitch like I think my mind just switches a little bit and I'm this confident player that's constantly talking um that's constantly trying to drive the the team forward I think that's probably what he sees on the pitch especially now with no crowds you can hear everything um so yeah I'd say that that's Me, really, is I'm probably that emotional player on the pitch. I try and drive the side um, forward and definitely talk a lot more than I do throughout the week.
0: I know what you mean in terms of, obviously, I'm, I'm not playing sport with no crowd, mm-hmm. but I've been yeah. to a couple of sporting events with no crowd, and I remember I was at a boxing fight and I shouted. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> everybody could hear me, and I could hear myself back, whereas you wouldn't normally, like, amongst loads of fans, would you? Yeah. Um, do you think emotions help you then? Do you think, because the reason why I ask is because um, I find it interesting when somebody's described like that as if it's, like, a negative, whereas I would see it as a real positive thing that you can access those emotions.
1: hmm Yeah, I'd say it's definitely, definitely positive. Um, And the thing, we usually set like key things throughout the year as a team and it it always comes down to emotion, like winning the emotional battle each week. So I think it's a natural thing that I've got, which I'm pretty happy about. And and it's nice to see coaches see that in me as well.
0: Mm. So what are the goals then could you talk if you feel okay to to talk through some of the things that you do and um, I think it's really interesting that there is that emphasis on your on mental health and emotions Mm -hmm. right and and those feelings and winning that yeah you said described it as emotional battle each week
1: yeah good thing we do at the club here is it's all down to the players so whatever the players come up with the coaches just agree on and then that's kind of the the theme we have through the year so this year it's all been about caring for each other um and we are a very tight group down exeter we're all friendly obviously when we can we spend most of our time together outside of rugby and i think you can see in our performances that a lot of it is to do with caring for each other and and really kind of loving each other because we do love playing for each other and i think that brings the the best performances out for us
0: I saw a post that you did on Instagram around um mental health and it it was really nice and refreshing to hear. Um I think it's great when young men like yourself and especially in sports that are kind of seen as a bit machismo even though I think that's changing a lot. Um you said something about mental health and and around suicide and around you know making sure that lads big each other up mm-hmm. and not put put each other down which can sometimes happen. So does that culture play a big part For you,
1: yeah, I think having obviously been in the Exeter squad for a few years now, seeing older boys obviously come to end their career, and I noticed that it's hard. It's a hard time, Um, and I think good thing is Exeter that we do talk about a lot, and I think every player feels comfortable enough to talk to anyone at the club because we know how much of a big deal it is. Because a lot of boys are struggling. Um, although we play this sport that we we've wanted to play for, for years with professional rugby players everyone thinks that it's the best job in the world which it, it is great but w- we've got what 60 70 players down exit and only 23 boys can play play on the weekend so it's not all brilliant for everyone people mm. do struggle so I think the, the good thing actually we have such good culture and boys are happy enough to speak up about it
0: Mm. and you you know talking about the team being so tight as well like everything I've seen you seem really tight with your brother as well who obviously Mm -hmm. Sam who plays for the club as well how much of a driving force is that for you as well
1: yeah I think I'm I'm really lucky I've never known anything different we've always been at the club together um but I am yeah I'm like I'm glad we don't live together now because at the time it was probably a bit too much, but I think we definitely enjoy each other's time now. The, the time we're in and spending time at the club is, is huge for me and Sam. And I think when we're playing together, it definitely brings out the best in both of us.
0: Is there anything particular that he said for you that, or that's helped you? Because um, you just seem to big each other up all the time. You know, like yeah. I don't know, because I was like, oh, I wonder if they don't get on behind the scenes or like, you know, they oh, have like disagreements. We are, we are very nice other. to each
1: other on camera. <laughs> we do argue a little bit off the off camera. Because
0: you're field, like Joe's so, no, so yeah. Joe's so amazing. No, Sam's so amazing. Joe's so amazing.
1: No, Sam's so amazing. No, I can only tell say the truth about Sam. He's been he's been brilliant this year. And I think he's the same. He'll tell me when I'm I'm not performing and he'll tell me when I am performing. And I think that's the the good relationship that we have between each other. Mm-hmm. We kind of we trust each other, which is huge. I think whenever he tells me something, I listen to him because I know it's coming from, obviously, my brother, but he's telling me the truth as well.
0: Yeah, I think that's a, a true relationship, isn't it, where you can um, tell somebody the truth. How yeah. important is it to have somebody like that that you can also go to if you're feeling a bit low maybe at times or mulling something over in your head?
1: Yeah, it is huge. And it's just, like I said before, I <laughs> I've never known anything different not to have him by my side so yeah. I think yeah we'll probably take it for granted a little bit because you never know in a few years where we could end up we might be at different teams and we'll be looking back at this time and think oh Christ could have made made more of the opportunity of being together but yeah it's brilliant I love going to her to work and and knowing that he's there as well.
0: Mm. Um there's some people that definitely will really know your name listen to this and some people that might not as much, yeah. and we really want to speak to you because we've been following you for a while, and and you know, you, like I said at the very beginning, you've had this incredible season, and we've spoken to a couple of the England players actually on this podcast. So, how do you feel about England? It's almost like you're in touching distance of that call up, and and I know you've probably been asked about it, but I have to ask you about it.
1: Yeah, uh, I would love to, of course, play for for my country, but it's it's out of my hands at the moment one person picks a team and I said if I'm honest with you I probably haven't been playing my best rugby this year Um, and at the moment do I deserve to be in the England squad I'm not too sure but I just got to make sure that I'm performing well for Exeter and if I'm performing well for Exeter then hopefully I'll I'll put my hand up for for selection but yeah at the moment I just got to keep nailing down performance for Exeter and, and see what happens but it's not just me there's there's other players in, in the premiership that are playing really well that aren't getting picked as well. But yeah, hopefully one day it will come, but I've just got to keep keep, keep being consistent for, for Exeter and then hopefully we'll get the chance to play.
0: Is that your goal? Is that your main goal?
1: Yeah, it is definitely. I think any guy that grows up playing rugby wants to play for their country. And I think seeing, obviously Sam, I think he's got seven caps now, seeing him play for England and the kind of the proud moments that my family were watching him play definitely drives me to to push on and hopefully play as well.
0: I can imagine. And you said then that this is not your, you're actually not playing well that well at the moment. Yeah. What do you think the difference is?
1: Um, some people might argue, some people might say that I'm playing well, but me personally, I just, pff, I don't really know. I don't know. Is I the way just you need feel? To... Yeah, maybe. I just, I've just got a, for me, probably just go back to, to the basics, really. Um, like I said, at the start, I probably overthink things too much and that might be uh, making my performance change a little bit, but, um, yeah, I just got to go back to basics and making sure that I just focus on what I do well and making sure I'm, I'm doing that flat out.
0: Actually on that, I was going to ask you about, about kicking and that routine. Is it really important for you to have, you said about going back to basics when you're feeling like this, is it okay? What, you know, is routine important and making sure that you're not implementing other things?
1: Yeah, I think routine is huge. I am a guy that doesn't kick. You see a lot of tens and they'll tell you they'll kick every single day, mm. kick 40 balls or whatever that is. I literally kick about three times a week. Um, I'm someone that doesn't, I don't like overdoing myself. If I go out there and kick three or four balls over and it's it's good strikes, I'll I'll walk away from that. And that's always been kind of my, my mindset with kicking. But yeah, definitely I think a routine is key and just going back to basics and do what I do use it. It's just kicking a ball over over the post. <laughs>
0: yeah, just as easy as that, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, that's exactly what Johnny was said. <laughs> um, um why why do you only do it a few times then and because I can imagine there's that um, I mean I'm quite an obsessive personality so I'd be there all night and then it would never be good enough and I'd spend hours and hours and I think that's what you know I mentioned Johnny
1: Wilkinson used to do why
0: is that something that's a a real confidence view that you can walk away from
1: it yeah and I I don't like overthinking things I feel like if I go out there with 40 50 balls I'll just overthink things and I think my routine will change because I'm doing it so many times. Whereas if I just go out there, six balls, six to 10 balls and kick them well, I'm happy with that. And I'll just walk away. I know that my strikes are there, so I don't need to to keep doing it.
0: It's interesting you talk about overthinking things, because I think that's when you make mistakes, because that's yeah. when it almost gives your cha- your brain chance to talk yourself out of it.
1: Yeah, uh, definitely. And I actually, I got a question the other day. So I have obviously the same setup. when I kick a ball, I do the same steps, but I actually couldn't tell you what steps I take in my mind, but I just know that I do the same thing every time. So yeah, it's just, it's a, it's a weird way of doing it, but yeah, I couldn't tell you the the steps I take when I kick a, kick a goal, but if I was to do it, I would know exactly what what I do.
0: That's really interesting though, because it's, it's so ingrained in you. And actually, if you did start to think about it, that's when you'd probably end up. That's exactly that. And not, Not performing as well.
1: Yeah, that's very true. Yeah.
0: It's probably almost because you have it, you know, down like that. Are you Mm -hmm. somebody that gets nervous? You said that you you worry quite a bit and, you know, you try not to do that overthinking and mulling things over in your head after a game. Are you somebody Um, that would get nervous when you walk out to a big game?
1: uh, Big games, probably, yeah. But I'm actually, I actually don't really get that nervous anymore. Um, Obviously, the first few games, when I started playing yeah nerves were, were huge but now I actually I really don't I don't worry about things it's more probably in game when we've got a tight game I probably overthink about oh what if we lose this what am I going to feel like after the game but um before game no I really don't have any nerves
0: oh that's funny that sometimes you do it within yeah, in game, game. <laughs>
1: <laughs> even in the even in the finals last year because they were so tight yeah Um, especially European one when we were sat on our line for a few minutes I was I probably shouldn't do it it's, it's a bad thing but I was worrying about oh, what if what if we lose this because I felt losing in the two previous finals and the feeling was was terrible it came to me a little bit in those games that obviously isn't great at the time but luckily we saw it out in the end
0: <laughs> did you say anything <laughs> to yourself to counteract that um, oh no what if we'll no we won't lose, you know that kind of like other side of the conversation that you
1: have in your head um it was more when sam we got a turnover right on our line i was like oh, we ain't gonna lose this now but as soon as we were about an inch they were an inch away from our try i was like oh no not again please not again but um yeah as soon as we cleared cleared the ball away that was kind of when I start thinking about it,
0: <laughs> do you do a lot of work around mindset? And does the club, because I know you mentioned about culture and we talked about leadership, and yeah, I've touched upon it in in terms of mindset and battling those emotions. But is there a focus on, I suppose, the sports psychology of things?
1: There's, there's not really. I think there's a few, few individual guys that may may go and see someone, but I've never really done too much of that. I think the good thing now, um, obviously, Gareth Stevenson retiring. And he's only retired last year. He's someone that I can go to because he knows he's been in this position. He's played 10 for, for 10 and plus years. And I think for me personally, it's quite nice to have him here, have him around. Although he's in the coaching staff, I still see him as a player. So I can kind of go to him and, and talk about these things because he's been through it.
0: I'm glad you mentioned him, actually, because he's a bit of an Exeter club legend. Isn't yeah. and he's really, really praised you. Um, lo and behold, I've got a magic quote here that he said. He's a, he said about you. He's a real catalyst for what we're doing now. And then he said that it's you that's pushed the club forward. How much of a support has Gareth been to you? And is there anything particular that he's said to you that you hold on to?
1: He's been huge for me, not just like obviously watching him for years. He's been a great player for Exeter, but the he was actually a, a real good leader and a real good talker. Um, and I kind of try and take a little bit away from, from him. And it was quite nice, obviously the first few years, to kind of sit in his shadow and see what he does. And I think that's definitely moulded me into a better player, watching what he done. We are pretty different players but yeah, he's been huge for my development, I think, mm. as well as kicking. He's obviously now the kicking coach X as well. And it's just been a yeah, good transition for him and for me personally to have him still around the club.
0: What's it mean for the quote I just said to, to hear the impact that he thinks you've had? He particularly accredited you saying that
1: you... Uh, yeah, that was actually the first time forward. I've heard that quote. I didn't know he said that. Well, he did. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there no, <you> go. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's nice to hear. Um and again, it's obviously, it's not just me that, that have pushed the team forward. It's the other players around, but it's nice just to have a just, just it's just nice to be a part of it. As well. I'm not sure how true that, that quote is. but yeah, it's nice to to be recognized that way.
0: I think you're quite humble. <laughs> <laughs> you seem to, you know, have had you play that part and have that impact and There must be a reason why he said that.
1: Yeah, and I think that is the way when I captain as well as what I kind of want to present myself as, like a guy that that shows by his actions. And yeah, it is is nice to hear.
0: And do you have any particular... um, Mottos is probably the wrong word, but anything that you particularly live by or that really helps you, um, apart from the fact that you like to lead by your actions which you've said quite a few times and is really clear in the way that you do things
1: for me I think playing games it's I always say to myself that I don't want to let anyone down and obviously having your brother beside you as well I never want to let him down I always want to play as best as I can so for me it's just making sure that I'm not letting my team down and just making sure that I'm doing my job to, to the fullest
0: and it's, it's been great like talking to you and what we've done quite a lot on this podcast is ask people about you know what what's helped them maybe in low moments or times that you struggled and you know do you have those low moments because I do know that when lockdown kicked in you're quite an active person right so it must have been yeah. really difficult to be like oh my god climbing the walls how have you dealt with any of those times?
1: Yeah it was difficult and I think growing up I always wanted to be outside I always wanted to be doing things I never ever wanted to be sat inside and then obviously it came and this lockdown I was actually lucky enough to um, be living with a housemate so we had a we had a little gym in our garage which is nice that so we could just go out there and 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 just get outside for a little bit mm-hmm. but it was definitely a struggle but I think the main driver for me was knowing that we will get back to to playing rugby. Um, we will have the opportunity to to win finals. Um, and that was definitely a driver not, for not just me, but I think for everyone. Although it was a long time, we will be getting back to, to what we love to do. And yeah, that was definitely um, a good thing for me.
0: And I think whether you're a professional athlete or not, just doing something, some exercise mm-hmm. and moving your body and getting outside. I know we were in lockdown, but just kind of, you you said you've got that little gym set up or just going out and do something is a massive way to cope uh, with things is there anything you'd say to anybody at the moment that's um struggling with things what advice would you give to anyone
1: I think just making sure that you you talk about it and a great uh, I actually we did a like a make make that call campaign in in lockdown and I was really nervous about ringing someone because I oh, was like, they won't know who I am. They, they won't have a clue. But it was actually really nice to just speak to someone. And I think they'll say the same as well. It was nice to have a phone call and just to speak to someone different. Um, so I'd say definitely talk about it and just make sure that you're, you're thinking positively because things will come back to normal soon. So things will get better. And like me, knowing worrying about things will, will never change anything. Um, just making sure you look forward and, and stay positive.
0: Thank you so much. It's been really great talking to you, Joe. And we Thanks really, so really much. appreciate your time. And I wish you lo- like the very best. And I can't wait to see where your career goes.
1: Thank you very much. Like we're yeah. all
0: going to be watching you
1: i have enjoyed it. Thank you for having years me. A <laughs> few
0: time. No, thanks yeah. so much for coming on. I hope you're enjoying season two so far and you enjoyed listening to Joe there. Make sure to subscribe and check out other episodes. We've got England players like Johnny May, Anthony Watson and Courtney Laws. Remember to visit sportinglife.com ahead of the rest when it comes to unbiased opinion and sport analysis. And if you are really struggling, there are charities such as Mind the Samaritans and Sporting Mind who are just a phone call or email away. You can also text SHOUT to 852 Two five eight. if you don't want to talk on the phone. And I know it's hard to reach out, but there are people who understand and want to help. And as Joe said, even when you're picking up the the phone, even you were a bit like, oh no, you know. But actually it was a really nice thing to do and really important. Thanks so much for listening. Take care and we'll speak again very soon.